Next, on the 5 o'clock report. A little shocked. I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. The Arctic Express is on the way. We are in desperate need of your all-consuming love. It's fundamentally a scare tactic. Now, let's go to the newsroom. Ice isn't nice. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Mark Webster. Right now, the heart of Texas and much of the southern U.S. is coated in ice. And while it can be pretty to look at, it's been a deadly, costly problem. I was a little shocked. I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. That Texan, one of many, taken by surprise by the extent of the damage done by the ice storm. At least nine deaths reported so far. Over 400,000 customers without power due to downed trees and lines. Thousands of flights canceled or delayed, including this woman's. We got off to rebook another plane. We rebooked it, and within 30 minutes, it was canceled. In Arkansas, the ice storm's gone on so long, now they're running out of road salt. This week has been a pretty good drain on the salt supply. It takes more of that on the ground. You put it down, and you let it take action, and then you got to come back again and put more because you keep getting hitting with this freezing rain. And this weather system is now headed our way. The Arctic Arctic Express is on the way. It's next stop, your backyard. With it will come a burst of snow, then plummeting temperatures, dangerous wind chills, and a 36-hour period of excruciatingly cold air. All right, meteorologist Kevin Williams updated forecast just ahead. By the way, Punxsutawney Phil today said six more weeks of winter. The National Prayer Breakfast took place in Washington, D.C. this morning. Congresswoman Lucy McBath, co-chair of the revamped event. Heavenly Father, as we begin to forge the path that you have set before us to govern your people for the 118th Congress, we are in desperate need of your all-consuming love. In his remarks, President Biden urged members of Congress and all Americans to start treating each other with more respect. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was there as well. He and Biden met yesterday to try to find common ground on America's debt ceiling, a session both he and McCarthy say was productive. You know, the president had a, a good first meeting. Um, I shared my perspective with him. He shared his. And we can we agreed to continue the conversation. Biden and most Democrats want the debt ceiling raised without conditions, warning of dire consequences if it isn't. Ohio Republican J.D. Vance says those threats aren't helping anything. I think to the extent the president is saying that Republicans want to take us off the cliff, it's fundamentally a scare tactic. It's not serious, and it's not the sort of thing that helps us come to an agreement. We also, while paying our debts, have to get ourselves back on a, on a path to fiscal sustainability, and that's really what the debate is all about. Hunter Biden fires back, the president's son finally admitting that that infamous laptop is his and his attorneys now want a criminal probe about the release of its contents. It will be up to the Justice Department to act on the younger Biden's request or not. He is also under DOJ investigation on tax matters. CBS's Tom Foti, a computer repair shop owner, said Hunter left that laptop years ago, never came back for it. The FBI eventually picked it up in 2019, but the owner made a copy and gave it to Rudy Giuliani lawyer. Hunter's attorneys claim that information from his laptop was stolen and trafficked. Economic news now. The number of jobless claims is down despite a recent surge in job cuts. The latest numbers from the Labor Department show initial claims for unemployment benefits fell by 3,000 last week. Figures continue to reflect the resilience of the job market. Both new claims and continuing claims remain below where they stood a year ago. 
That's Bankrate.com's Mark Hamrick. In contrast, data from Challenger Gray and Christmas shows job cuts last month hit the highest number since September of 2020. For those who are working, more and more of them are doing so back in the office. For the first time since March 2020, when COVID forced many people to telework, offices are starting to boom again. According to Castle Systems, which tracks entry card swipes, the office occupancy rate in 10 major U.S. cities surpassed 50% last week. Tuesday's the day most people are having to go in, while workers are still finding a way to work from home on Fridays. CBS's Stacey Lynn. International news now with tensions between the U.S. and China on the rise, particularly concerning the sovereignty of Taiwan. The U.S. military is expanding its presence in the Philippines. These efforts are especially important as the People's Republic of China continues to advance its illegitimate claims in the West Philippine Sea. That's U.S. defense. Secretary Lloyd Austin. And speaking of China, the U.S. Air Force has flagged a Chinese-owned corn mill in North Dakota as a significant threat to national security. The Grand Fork City Council last year approved the Fuflang Group's $700 million proposal to build that mill, citing economic development success. Construction was planned on 370 acres of farmland the company bought through its American subsidiary. Thousands of people in the community of the, on the Minnesota state line have signed a petition Opposing the mill now, Grand Forks Mayor Brandon Brzezinski issued a statement today saying that the proposed mill should be stopped. And there are plenty of reasons why a six-year-old shouldn't have access to a smartphone. And a Michigan dad found that out the hard way when piles of food began arriving at his house. Cars are coming in the driveway while cars are leaving the driveway. Looked down at my phone and it said, Chase, fraud alert, $439 for pizzas. Well, his son Mason figured out how to order from Grubhub to the tune of about a thousand bucks. But it wasn't all bad. Mason's dad decided this was an excellent opportunity to give his young son his first economics lesson. We had to open up his piggy bank and take the money out and explain that this $20 bill covers some sandwiches and this $20 bill covers chili cheese fries. Egg one cent left. <laughs> Might be a valuable lesson for some folks in Washington. To his credit, the dad says Mason tipped 25% on every order he placed. Classy kid. Still to come on the 5 o'clock report, bracing for the big chill. Place your bets at the restaurant and a look back at Punxsutawney Phil's latest prognostication. I'm Kevin Williams, and here is your family life weather forecast. So look for a burst of snow, brief, moving from north to south across the region this evening, with a quick inch, maybe two. And flurries and local lake effect, then plummeting temperatures, dangerous wind chills, and a 36-hour period of excruciatingly cold air. Daybreak temperatures, single digits and teens, dropping further tomorrow. Uh, towards zero in spots, single digits for many. Wind chills dropping to minus 20 tomorrow, with local lake snow south of Lake Ontario through the Finger Lakes. But the blast won't last, as we've been saying. Temperatures rebound later in the weekend. All right. Thank you very much, Kevin. Check in with you again later. Right now, though, we take a look at the stories making news where you live across New York and Pennsylvania. The weather is certainly among those top news stories. That frigid forecast has many school kids, their parents and teachers all wondering whether their district might decide to call off classes tomorrow due to the extreme cold. Buffalo schools have done so. And school board member Larry Scott tells WIVB administrators are keenly aware of the need for some timely decision making. I hear a lot um, from parents when they start to suspect that the there could be a closure that they want that information. We have many parents that work and they need to make those necessary arrangements if their children are going to be home. 
Many schools in Buffalo have called off classes for tomorrow, as have Olean City Schools, and likely that list will grow some overnight. Less than balmy weather and New York's tax, tax policies are major factors behind an ongoing exodus from the Empire State. We get that story from Family Life's Jeremy Miller. A report from the National Association of Realtors finds low taxes and warm weather continues to attract Americans and New York is among those losing the most people. Some office workers who fled during the pandemic returned when city life bounced back, but many found skyrocketing prices for everything from rent to food just is not worth the cost. Financial experts say it's a downward spiral as the population drain will force taxes even higher, leading to a further dwindling population and reduced congressional representation. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. Governor Kathy Hochul in the Bronx today, stumping for her $227 billion budget proposal. Hochul used her first stop at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine to highlight her $1 billion mental health care plan. We are fundamentally rebuilding from the bottom up our continuum of care. Continuum of care means we take care of everybody. The proposal includes adding 1,000 inpatient beds at state facilities and hospitals and buildings 3,500 units supported by intensive mental health services. Police and protesters clashed outside of a Wegman store in Johnson City, New York, last night. The protest centering on the police beating death of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, but also a local incident from early January in which a video showed a Binghamton police officer kneeling on a mixed race man's neck. There's precedent for what's happening here. Wegmans does not care about black people. This community cares about black folks, but the people who shop here and the people who have access to this community are largely blind to what's happening to us out in the streets. After Wegmans requested the removal of protesters who were blocking the store entrance, officers from several police agencies moved in and made some arrests. Wegmans closed early for the night. Johnson City Police Chief Brent Dodge told WBNG that some of the protesters will be charged with felonies. Some police officers and at least one protester suffered minor injuries in that clash. And the woman who drove a vehicle through a police blockade and seriously injured a state trooper in Buffalo has pleaded guilty. The Erie County District Attorney's Office says 33-year-old Deanna Davis went through the blockade while a protest was happening on Bailey Avenue in Buffalo back in June of 2020. Trooper Ronald Enfiger Jr. was hit by that vehicle and needed treatment for a shattered pelvis and broken leg. Davis facing up to seven years in prison when she is sentenced in May. The New York State Restaurant Association is lobbying state lawmakers to allow sports betting in restaurants. The association's Kevin Dugan tells WHAM it's all about keeping restaurant goers in the house. Bring more people in the door and keep them there. Again, if you can have these sort of bets go on for you know the entire lengths of games and have people at the bar for those you know two three hours. Again, you're going to get more business and that's going to do that's going to do well for the the entire restaurant. The association's hoping to cash in on Albany's legalization of sports betting last year, which has already raked in nearly a billion dollars in taxes and licensing fees for the state. There will be fewer Zoom meetings in and out of the state capital of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, three years after COVID sent most everybody into virtual mode. Mark, the latest shakeup from the new governor will end a lot of virtual work for about 2,300 state employees, including leaders and managers who work for the office of Josh Shapiro. Starting one month from now, those cabinet secretaries and other staffers must be into the office at least three days a week. The governor's new policy does not change workplace rules for state employees covered by union contracts. 
Overall, three-fourths of government workers are already back to the office, at least for some of their work days. Greg Gillespie, Family Life News. Thanks, Greg. In another sign of increased concerns over the spike of youth violence in the city and nation, the Erie PA School District set to install metal detectors at its 10 elementary schools after putting the devices at all the high school and middle schools 10 months ago. Erie.com reporting the district put the metal detectors in the middle and high schools in response to the shooting at Erie High on April 5th. Erie School Superintendent Brian Polito says he's asking for the addition of detectors for the elementary schools in response to continued problems with violence among juveniles in Erie and nationwide. And of course, it being February 2nd, we'd be a bit remiss if we didn't check in on Punxsutawney Phil, who made his annual forecasting appearance today in Western PA. But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so... No matter how you measure, it's six more weeks of winter weather. The Punxsutawney tradition goes back more than 130 years. Groundhog.org says Pennsylvania's earliest settlers began celebrating Groundhog Day back in the 1800s. And we've got another Groundhog tidbit for you coming up. But right now, here's your mar- nightly market report brought to you by Ambassador Advisors. Wall Street closing with stocks mixed. Some major tech companies set to drop their earnings reports. Amazon, Apple, and Google parent company Alpha all scheduled to report their earnings tomorrow. The latest jobs report will also be out, and experts expect around 187,000 jobs to have been added last month. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 39 points to 34.054. The S&P 500 rose 61 points to 41.80, and the Nasdaq gained 385 points to 12.201. Ambassador Advisors, a Christian financial planning firm helping faithful stewards do more. Details are available at ambassadoradvisors.com. This is the 5 o'clock report on Family Life. Happy Groundhog Day. Hi, I'm Rob West with a Faith and Finance Minute. Maybe you've seen the 1990s film Groundhog Day. It's about a man who has to live the same day over and over again until he learns an important life lesson. I suspect many of us are like that when it comes to money. We repeat the cycle of earning and spending, earning and spending, but never get ahead. Well, here's the life lesson. The key to getting ahead is spending less than you earn over an extended length of time. That may not be easy, but if you spend everything that comes in, you'll stay stuck in your own financial Groundhog Day. Breaking free of the cycle begins with living on less than you earn. Get biblical answers to your financial questions in the FaithFi community. Download FaithFi, Faith and Finance in your app store or visit faithfi.com. All right, coming up on the 5 o'clock report on this Groundhog Day, what better time for the tale of the tape? It's Punxsutawney Phil versus Dunkirk Dave next. I'm Kevin Williams, and good evening. Here is your Family Life Regional Weather Forecast. The Arctic Express is on the way. It's next stop, your backyard. With it will come a burst of snow, then plummeting temperatures, dangerous wind chills, excruciatingly cold air. So look for a burst of snow, brief, moving from north to south across the region this evening, with a quick inch, maybe two. And flurries and local lake effect after that as it turns much colder. Daybreak temperatures, single digits and teens, dropping further tomorrow. Wind chills dropping to minus 20 tomorrow, with local lake snow south of Lake Ontario through the Finger Lakes. Stays bitter with near zero temperatures Saturday morning, moderating though as the weekend wears on. Thank you, Kevin. And finally at five. Well, it's Groundhog Day. 
again? Indeed it is. And while Punxsutawney Phil is the gold standard of four-legged prognosticators, he has at least one rival here in the Family Life listening area, Dunkirk Dave. So which rodent rules when it comes to forecasting accuracy? Family Life's Bob Price with the official numbers. According to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, Punxsutawney Phil has about a 30% success rate at predicting an early spring versus a long winter. Dunkirk Dave, well, his accuracy rate is closer to 50%. In all fairness to Phil, though, uh, he's been doing it a lot longer. Dunkirk Dave got in on the Groundhog Day action a little over 50 years ago. Punxsutawney Phil's been providing his long-range forecast since 1887. Now, over that time, Phil has seen his shadow 106 times and not seen it 20 times. There are 10 years, Mark, where Phil's weather forecast was not recorded by the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club. Bob Price, Family Life News. Hmm. Missing records, eh, Bob? Even rodent weather forecasting has its controversies. That's the world we live in for this Groundhog Day, Thursday, February 2nd, 2023. Thank you again for joining us. I'm Mark Webster, Family Life News.